Imagine it's a Thursday, your alarm goes off, and it's time for you to get ready for work. You feel like you're getting everything done that you're supposed to get done. It's hard to move. You've already worked like 40 hours this week, and you just want to get through the day. You're doing this, you're doing that. All of a sudden, it, you're late. It's time for you to go. It's been time for you to go. So you're, you're rushing. You're rushing. You're 15 minutes late. You're eating in the car. You're drinking your coffee like crazy. You forgot to brush your hair. Your shirt is inside out. You forgot your lunch. You didn't take your medication. Uh, you forgot to feed your cat. Like, what were you doing that whole time, that whole morning? You felt you were so busy and you didn't know what you were doing. Okay, so this is kind of something that we're going to be talking about, which is executive function. All right, so from this book, The 22 Things a, a, a Girl with Asperger want, Asperger's Want Her, Wants Her Partner to Know, is um, she is not broken. You don't need to fix her. All right, so we have executive functions, which might seem like you're broken, but look, um, with the, the proper support, anybody can be successful, right? Some of us need more support than others, but with the proper loving support, people taking active roles versus berating them or being passive, uh, they can get past their cognitive deficits. Um, think about it as the nutty professor type of syndrome. I like um, think about Back to the Future and the nutty, the, the professor, Doc, or, or whatever his name is. I don't know his name. But, you know, he's just kind of like loopy and crazy and he doesn't really have, seems to reciprocate the conversation much. And he's really obsessed with his time machine and he's really smart. Um, but besides that, you might think, well, this guy is weird or this guy might not be smart if you didn't know that he did, you know, a time machine. So um, the, the thing is, is that you don't want to underestimate anybody's intelligence. There's, there, there's hidden talents. Um, don't push anyone to be normal, quote unquote, normal. Let them be themselves. But if they need some help in functioning in normal lives, then they need some help in that. And I think we kind of, a lot of us need help sometimes. Um, but some, I mean, here's some tips. Okay, first of all, um, executive functioning means, according to the Encyclopedia of Mental Disorders 2011, it's a set of cognitive abilities that control and regulate other abilities and behaviors. All right, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that, about burnout, recovery from overload, some social withdrawals, and how to support executive functioning. Um, which, in more English terms than what I had just said, uh, executive functioning has a lot to do with organization, prioritizing, um, making decisions, and it uses a lot of your brain energy. Okay, you have two different parts whenever 
you're using the executive functioning of your brain. You're using one activation, and this information I'm getting from the ADHD support talk radio by Lynn Idris. Okay, so one, you get the activation, the the part that gets you started on the task. Okay, um, two, you have mental organization of information which it's is how you're making sense of the information while you're using the information it, it means how are you going to organize this information what are the steps you're going to take to go from here to there um and it's exhausting so the tips that this person has this idris person uh pretty much says that you know, decision-making takes so much energy um, from you that it's really hard to conserve the energy and focus. Um, so you want to externalize the functions, um, meaning having things like a clock or a watch or a timer and, and setting a challenge. I do that a lot with my students that have difficulties finishing their work and having difficulties with focus. I'll be like, okay, you know, here's a little sand dial. You have two minutes to finish number one. And so I'll flip it over and they have it right in front of there. And then they they finish it. And I'm like, yeah, good job. And they get a little sticker or whatever. Um, and then, you know, we flip it again. And then eventually they'll be able to start doing it on their own. They'll just start flipping it and like making their own personal goals with it. And I don't have to give them stickers and make a big deal out of it. But um yeah, uh, this is the same as an adult. Um, if I need to clean, like, my kitchen, it's really hard to decide, well, first of all, that mental organization of information, what am I going to do first? Um, how, like, working backwards is good. Well, I need to have the dishes clean. What am I going to do before that, before they're clean? Okay, well, I need to have all of the the water and the soap and it needs to be hot and you know whatever and so like working backwards is a good way to try to get the mental organization going but there is a difference between organizing and then the activation of actually doing it um, I know for me with my job if I'm going to do planning I do not get started on the activity I plan I take a rest. I don't think about it for a while or I'll go and, and, and get started on the, the next day um, because the brain is using so much energy and it's from the same part of the brain. It's using glucose, I think she said. It's using the same part of the brain to um, organize the information and to get started on the task. So sometimes it's just an overload uh, and like that what I was talking about in the first episode where there's times when I just kind of like shut down like my mind shuts down and I can't think or speak or do anything like that's that's burnout that's like you have some overload and you just your brain is not functioning normally um, so other ways to help with this to separate it um, is to have maybe a checklist or like a sequencing checklist. I usually will be like, well, what's important? What needs to be done right now? And I'll, I'll write down that these are the first things that are due. Like this is going to take the longest amount of time. So I need to do this first. 
Um, and then I'll have another list of like things that can be done later if I have time. And, and then when I'm done planning it, like I don't start on doing it because by that point in time, like I'm already tired. Um, and there's like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so I usually will just get started on that stuff the next time, uh, the next day or whatever, um, is going on. Um, yeah, setting up for the next day, planning, deciding, these are all the same words for each other. You want to make sure that you're trying to be proactive during the day instead of reactive. I know a lot of times it's just like, I just feel like all I'm doing is playing catch up. That's all I'm doing. I've done all this planning. It takes me forever to do the planning. And then it's just like, they add more information to me or something. And it's just like, ah, 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 what am I going to do? And then I, ha I go on the reactive zone where it's like, suddenly I have to do this now because I didn't have time to do it before, or I didn't know I was going to do it. And it's, it just feels like you're constantly trying to like, I don't know, you're waiting in the pool and you're trying to like get over to the edge and take a break. But you're not going anywhere. The water's going against you. Um, so, uh, visual scheduled breaks. Um, all of those things are pretty important with executive functioning. Um, and so this goes for like any kind of neurological type of thing. People with ADHD, people with autism, people that just need to like reset but um, I personally have a list, a morning checklist. Like last spring, I was having a lot of trouble being late to work and then forgetting things and all of that. So I made a morning checklist where first thing I do in the morning is I drink some water and I go and do the dishes because I hate doing dishes at night. Like I'm already tired. I know I shouldn't leave the dishes in the sink, but it's like I'm already tired. I'll just, I can just do, rinse them off, do them in the morning. So I do that. Then my second thing would be heat up the breakfast. Third, put my lunch together, make the coffee. Fourth, eat the breakfast. Fifth, make bed. Next, get dressed, brush your hair, take your vitamins, feed and water your animal. Um, and so it seems pretty simple. Like, oh, well, you should know you're supposed to get dressed. Well, yeah, I know I'm supposed to get dressed, but having the checklist is so much easier to get it done quickly. So like instead of taking 45 minutes to get ready and still forgetting something, it, it just started going so much faster, like 15 minutes, boom, I'm done and I'm ready to go. Um, and I'm not like already stressed out by the time I get to work. Um, yeah, I, I just have a lot of trouble with organization getting started um, when it comes to really complex things. Um, and then by the end of the day, it's like you're so tired, you don't want to shower or anything. Um, you don't want to shower, you don't want to like talk to anyone. It, it can be stressful. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I have for this, for the, the executive functioning. And um, just try to, I guess if you're the person that's trying to support someone that has some executive functioning issues, to just try to be as supportive as possible. Um, 
and to remind them about the reminders and be patient. I do have a story, a roller derby story that happened recently. And well, a couple of the stories happened recently. So as far as executive functioning goes, um, a lot of times your team will travel together or go somewhere kind of further away to play a game. And for me, it's really important that I have somebody, if I haven't been there before, or it's like more than just going straight on the freeway for a few hours, then I need someone else to drive because I will get lost. Um, and then I might not even have the energy to play the game later on. Um, there were many times I've gotten lost. So a few years ago, when I lived in Indianapolis, we uh, went and played in, where was it? Somewhere in Iowa. Or, no, it wasn't Iowa. No, it was actually like DuPage. It was DuPage. And I was, uh, yeah. Um, and so I knew it was near Chicago. I'm following my GPS like I'm supposed to. But what do I do in the traffic that, that I'm not used to? I, I passed the exit. And so then, oh my God, drama ensues from there. My, my GPS needs to reroute. And, and then I'm like, uh, how do I get over to this lane? And then it reroutes again. And then I end up in some neighborhood somewhere. I ended up putting in the wrong address. So it's just like, oh my God, I'm going to be late. I'm late. I'm late. So I eventually made it. And, but I, when I got there, I was really stressed out. Um, I played and everything. It was fine. But, um, it's just something that I'd rather avoid. I'd rather avoid that stress because there have been times where it's like I travel and then I'm so exhausted afterwards because, I mean, driving takes a lot, a lot of um, decision making. It does. So executive functioning, if you're having some issue with um, decision making and um, all of that. There's a lot of decision making when you're driving and a lot of things have to be like calculated and when are you going to slow down and where are you going to turn and what are you looking at? And then you have all the sensory distractions, right? So, I mean, I've been in a couple of car accidents. First time driving, um, my I was driving my mom's car. And it was this little box Honda white car. And she wanted me to go pick up. I just got my license, 16 years old. She wanted me to go and pick up my brother from his football practice. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And I'm nervous because it's not a manual. It's an, or it's a manual car. And it's my first time driving in Houston traffic. And I, I get to a light. I don't know why I freak out, but I freak out and I hit this truck. And then I drive into this, the feeder side of the uh, like the entrance to get on the highway. And I'm sitting there crying and I'm crying. And the, the guy that I hit looks in the car and sees that I'm just like this kid. And he's like, you know, not as mad as he was before. So I totaled my mom's car and she acted like she wasn't too mad, but I knew she was mad. I mean, she I mean, but she knew it wasn't my fault either um it was just one of those freak things and then she never let me drive like ever again <laughs> like I was 30 years old she still wouldn't let me drive her car but you live you learn I guess but um 
Yeah, so driving is hard. And so remembering like where to go and things like that is also hard. So another, you know, I was freaking out because recently, because we were having, our team was having a trip in Michigan and I didn't have anyone to drive me. Like I didn't know who I was going to drive with. I was getting lots of anxiety about it. I was freaking out and you know, worried that nobody wanted me to ride, wanted me to ride with them. And I wasn't going to have anyone to ride with. And I was going to have to drive myself. And then I wouldn't be able to really focus on the game and play. And so like these thoughts just keep rambling and rambling, like the worst case scenarios. Eventually, you know, we got it settled out. I had some people to ride with. And um, on the way back from the trip, they decided they wanted to go to some little like German festival or flower festival or something. And I didn't have a lot of money at the time. I was also really tired. So we we parked somewhere in this town and then walked this long way about way through this park to get to this festival. And I didn't really want to go. And plus it was $10 to get in. I was like really poor and broke. And, and one of my teammates offered to pay, but I was just like, that's kind of a lot of money for me to like not want to be there and yeah, at all. Um, so I was like, I'll just hang out here. And, and so she gave me the keys to her car to go back to her car and just chill. Um, and so I get halfway and then, you know, from what I remember, I'm like, okay, I'm just following the path. And then I get halfway and I get to the point where, uh, like there's the fork in the road and then my mind just blanks out and I have no idea if I should go straight or if I need to turn to the right. And I have zero recollection and zero memory of where we were. I was like, why do I not remember? We were so close. Like on the way over here, I remembered and I put it in my mind. This is, you know, I should know where the car is. And I just didn't. And so I walked most of the way back. I realized I didn't have my phone to contact them. I didn't have any money to get in. And so I waited Okay, I waited the whole time to see for them when they were going to exit. And there were two different exits for me to see. And I I made it. They were like, oh, you waited this whole time. I'm like, well, yeah, there's nothing else for me to do. <laughs> um, I tried to make it seem like it wasn't a big deal. But I was really, like, upset with myself over that because once we actually walked all together back to the car the directions were extremely simple directions to getting back to the car and i was just like i can't for i can't believe that i forgot and it gave me this memory from my childhood when i was about eight years old and my mom she would never let me off of the block i thought it was for safety and control reasons i thought she thought Oh, well, you know, someone's going to kidnap you like paranoia or something. And I, I was never allowed to like in the neighborhood to go, get past certain points of the house um, or the block. And there was this one time she was going to. Oh, my, my phone's beeping at me. Um, there was one time she was going to let me, you know, go somewhere. I don't remember where I was going, a friend's house or something. And it was very simple directions, right? And I'm like, okay, I got this, I got this. And I end up getting lost. And I'm standing there and I'm crying and I'm crying and I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. 
you know, I'm like eight years old crying and I don't know where to go and I'm walking around and then I go, I don't want to go too far from where I was. And I, I have no idea. I don't know how long I was out there. I think it was maybe a couple hours because I see my mom coming up the street walking really fast. And she was just like, had this worried face, look on her face. And um, I was just crying and sobbing. And we walked back home and it was like the simplest directions walking back home. Um, and so being, when you're a kid, you, you remember that. And, and then when you're an adult and you're still doing the same things, it's like, it's really frustrating for me because I feel like I'm so, I'm a really smart person. Um, I'm smarter than some people when it comes to some things, you know, but it's just like when it comes to certain things, uh, not so smart. <laughs> don't give me directions. Don't trust that I'm going to make it to where I need to make it to. Um, or, you know, have a GPS on me or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that all has to do with executive functioning and um, making sure you're trying to find ways to um, support that such as having a GPS or check-in points or a lot of times I have to write things down. Like I have to write it down. Okay, I parked right here at this intersection and there's a McDonald's at the corner. And then I walked two blocks and then I'll write it down exactly what I did because like I can't, I, I can't rely on my memory for anything. Um, but I've survived this long. So that was my little story I wanted to share. And, um, you know, I hope this is getting people to, to think about, you know, other people in their lives and their own lives and, and different ways to just try to make things a little bit easier. Bye for real this time.